Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. James chapter 1, starting in verse 13 down through verse 18, reads as following. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, no shadow due to change. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits. Of his creatures. Heavenly Father, as we uh, look at this passage today, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of these in this room, for we need to hear from you. God, you have been so good. You are so very good to us. You are that by your nature and also by all that you have done. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus' name, amen. It started this week at my house. Maybe it has started also at yours. It's the middle of January, and therefore, as the middle of January moves from that toward the end of January, they start trickling into the mailboxes, and it started this week. Those things that I am speaking of are items envelopes that have to deal with taxes. I know this, quote, adulting thing that we do, end quote, is not fun, yet it's the journey that one finds themselves on as physical life continues from childhood to senior citizens and beyond. So in the United States, the Tax day is April the 15th. That's not the day that I enjoy. The day that I enjoy is called Tax Freedom Day, and that day is different in every state. In the state of Mississippi, that day in 2020 supposedly is April the 16th, the day after taxes are due. In New York State and also in the D.C. area, that day is May the 3rd. And we all wish that we lived in the great state of Alaska because in the great state of Alaska, Tax Freedom Day is March the 20th. And what that means is this. It's the day of the calendar year that up to that point, all the money that any individual average individual that would receive of their wages goes directly to taxes. And after that, 
it goes for the rest of the year to the individual. So those that have a later tax freedom day means that their states tax more than those others. Ben Franklin stated it this way in a quote, In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Death and taxes. Might I add a third certainty to this world? Actually, it's a fourth. If we look at last week's passage, last week's passage spoke of when trials come. They were a certainty in life that you would go through struggles. Those struggles would be minimal. Those struggles would be medium. Those struggles would be monumental or massive in size. But when you go through those struggles, those trials, and then today, James states there in verse number 13, when you're tempted. So a fourth certainty in life that I would like to add, not just trials, but also that of temptation. We're going to look at temptation this morning, and uh, we are also going to look at not just the origin of temptation, as we see that in those first couple of verses, we're going to see the end of temptation and also contrasting that with what God does in and through our lives. First point, the origin of of temptation. Look there in verses 13 and 14 once again and see the origin of what you and I call temptation. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. What is the origin of temptation? The origin of temptation is not God. The origin of temptation is not even that of Satan. The origin of temptation, as James states it here in James chapter 1, verse 14, it is the man or the woman that you look at when you look in the mirror. As James continues to start his letter to these believers who are beginning to see persecution come their way, He hits at a second major issue that one faces, and it is that of temptation. If you were to understand the language that James writes in, when you hear the word trial in English and you hear the word temptation in English, they are not even close, even though they start with the same letter. They are not even close when your mind tries to understand trial and temptation. But if you were to look at it in the Greek language that James wrote this in, they are from the same root word. A trial, as we looked at last week, is an an event on the outside that is coming at you, whether it is the loss of someone, uh, a hardship that you are walking through, but it is an occurrence that is on the outside that is affecting you as an individual. A trial is that, but a temptation is something that begins on the inside of an individual and then on the outside. James speaks of trials in verses 1 through 12, and now he turns just slightly and he speaks of temptation. These two are tied together in 
their structure and they are tied together also in life from outer and inner and going back and forth. And one, James states in verses 1 through 12, can lead to the other. And he is writing so that it would not. You and I have all heard it. If not, we have stated it ourselves. Do not raise your hand. Have you ever heard someone say, the devil made me do it? We've all heard it, if not all stated it. You know, the only reason I did that is because the devil made me do it. James says, the devil didn't make us do it, that you and I were tempted when we were lured and enticed by our own desires. That temptation started inside of you and inside of me. The words lure and entice, they are those two words that speak of of you and me taking a, a pole and a crankbait or a worm down to the lake and throwing it in and moving it across a fish's snout to get that fish to bite. And when that fish bites, thinking that he he or she is getting breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a snack, gets a treble hook and caught, is the same picture that James wants you and me to see about temptation. Your desire, ma'am, sir, is that lure that looks so shiny, that you think is so great, and is thrown out in front of your face and my face, all for the sole purpose to catch you and take you someplace that you do not want nor need to end up. Yet we look at it and say, oh, that's a shiny lure. Oh, let me just ponder about that for just a moment. And James says that when that temptation And that desire is birthed, it brings about sin, and when sin comes about, as we'll see in just one second, it brings about death. The devil did not make you do it. You cannot use him as a way out. The reason that you went there, did that, said that, didn't go there, didn't say that, didn't do that, is because... Your desires, sir, ma'am. The Greek philosopher and author by the name of Homer put it this way as the Greek god Zeus stating this. It's incredible. It's incredible how easily human beings blame the gods and believe us to be the source of their troubles when it is their own wickedness and stupidity that brings upon them sorrows more severe than any which destiny would assign. Homer has it correct. Your wickedness and my wickedness, my stupidity, I won't call you stupid, brings about so much wickedness in us. And tragedy in us. Solomon stated it this way, very close to what Homer said. Solomon stated it this way in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3, a man's own folly 
A man's own folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord. Think all the way back to mankind's first sin. Mankind's first sin. When confronted by God in the Garden of Eden, after the sin, after Eve ate and Adam ate, God shows up, they hide from him, right? And as they hide from him, he comes walking close to them and he calls out Adam's name and Adam is hiding and God finds him. He knew exactly where he was the whole time. And Adam is listening to God and God said, "Um, why are you hiding? And he said, well, we found out that we were naked. Who told you that you were naked? And the whole situation just unfolds. You know, as parents, we have those um, moments with our kids that uh, we already know the outcome of it way more than they think that we know. And we just ask those questions, you know, just to see if you're going to fess up. I was a kid. Sometimes I still act like one, but I was a kid once, and my parents, they would ask me questions. I was like, "How? there's no way that they know. There is no way that they know. Nobody would tell. There is no way that they know. And they already knew. And because I wouldn't state what had happened and just come clean, it's so much worse. I stayed grounded so many more times. I got my rear end lit up way more often because I just wouldn't say, yeah, I did it. Yep, that was me. I did that. Adam looks at God when God says, what are you doing? He says, well, Eve made me do it. Let's put the blame on somebody else. Eve, why did you do it? Well, the serpent did it. We will not just come clean. A man's own folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord. Adam pleads innocence and blames Eve. Eve pleads innocence and blames Satan. Here, James, in this passage, in these two verses, drives home a couple of key points about temptation and where it originates. The first is this, that temptation is a part of life. It's when, not if, they find themselves being tempted and that temptation is in front of them. It's when, not if. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. And that when, for you and me, is daily. Daily, you think, thoughts. What if I would just daydream here or there? Daily, you and I have lures of our desires that come in front of us to entice us and trap us with sin. Second, not is it just that it's a part of life, but don't say that it's from God. God isn't tempted to do evil, nor does He put that on anyone else. He doesn't put a test in front of you to see you fail. Oh, I hope that Brian fails with that. Oh, oh that's just so shiny. I just know he's going to bite it, and I just know that he is just, it's just going to lead him down the wrong path. God doesn't do that. Does God test you? Yes. Does God test me? Yes. Are there trials that are there? Yes. But the reason that they're there from God is so that you will grow, not so that you will ooh, go be put in that jail cell. 
Temptation is a part of life. Don't say it's from God. You're the origin of that temptation oftentimes. Temptation, a fourth aspect or statement about temptation. Temptations often find their way into one's thoughts and actions in the middle of trials and in the middle of hard times. And I believe this is why James is writing this in this passage. How often, think about your life, how often has it been when you are walking along and hard circumstances and situations come your way? They were external and now they have been brought close to your face. And through those, you just uh, forget about God for a moment and say, all right, I've got this. Nobody else is with me. I'm lonely. Nobody else is going to help me out. I deserve this. I need this. Um, I was going through a rough time. And uh, the rough time was uh, was pages in the hospital, pages um, unresponsive. She's in a coma. It is the third week that she is in a coma. The doctors are stating, hey, can't do anything. And, um, and so I felt sorry for myself. And here's what I said to myself out loud going down the road one day. You know what? I'm going to the golf shop and I'm buying a new set of irons. I deserve a new set of irons. I'm going through a rough spot. So I'm going to get a new set of irons, Rodney. And I know the kind of irons that I want and they're not going to talk me out of them. I'm going today and I'm getting them. Did I need to get a set of irons? By all means, no. I did not. Did I play enough at the time or any other time after that to get a new set? No, I didn't. But guess what? I felt sorry for myself. So therefore, I went and paid $100 for a set of irons that I didn't need. And the whole time that I owned that set of irons, which wasn't long, but the whole time that I owned that set of irons, I didn't hit a good shot with any of them. And I know why. Because I didn't need that set of irons. Temptation in your life and in mine is available for us in the midst of hard times. And James says to those that are about to walk through the hard times, hey, pay attention in the midst of this trial because you will have those opportunities. It will be available and you don't need to go down that road. The origin of temptation oftentimes is the one that we look at when we look in the mirror. But the end of temptation, not just the origin of it, but the end of temptation, a second point this morning is this, it is death. Look there in verse 15, it's a hinge verse between verses uh, 13 and 14 and the rest of the segment that we read this morning down through verse 18. Then desire, verse 15 states, When it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. The end of temptation, the end of temptation is death. Temptation may start with selfish desires, but when you and I act upon it, it brings about sin. And that sin brings about death. One of the greatest arguments for this is something that we've already kind of looked at this morning even, and that is that of the first sin. If you back up a couple of verses into Genesis chapter 2, 
and you hear the commandment that God gave Adam, you see how that sin brings about death. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 states, The Lord took the man, took Adam, and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. This is before sin. So there was work before there was sin on the face of the earth. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Fast forward a few verses. Serpent comes and talks to Eve and says, Has God really said you can't eat of any of the trees in the garden? No, that's not what God said. God said, Oh, you can eat of every tree that you want except for the one. You can have every piece of fruit on any tree except the one temptation sin enters and as he continues to tempt has God said that oh you surely you're not going to die questioning what God had said and they eat of it and they don't physically die was God a liar Because you see, before that moment that they partook of that fruit, they couldn't die. They they couldn't die. Before sin entered the world, death was not an option. But as soon as sin entered the world, death was inevitable. At that moment, they ate of that fruit, and maybe that fruit, just like Solomon puts it in the Proverbs, that fruit is sweet like honey. Maybe it was. But as they ate of that fruit, death became inevitable. Did they live long? Yes, a few hundred years. They had multiple kids. They worked multiple days, months, and years after that, but they died. Before sin, there was no dying. It enters and now death happens. The end result of sin is death. The end result of sin is separation from God. Jesus stated it this way in John chapter 10 verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. If you look at that word abundantly, it means beyond extraordinary. It means a surplus, abundance. It means more than you and I could ever think. Which leads us to this final point that James brings up in these verses. Not only do we see the origin of temptation and the end result, which is death, but we see a contrast of that bad with a good God gives good gifts to his family God gives good gifts good gifts come from God look there in verses 16 through 18 and understand what James is saying don't be deceived beloved brothers every good gift every perfect gift is from above Every good and perfect gift is coming down from the Father of lights 
with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Every good gift that you have ever received has been from God. All the way back as preschoolers to teenagers to adults, think of all the good gifts that you have ever received. All the good gifts, every single one of them have come from God. Every single one of them have come from a Father who knows you, who loves you, who is providing for you. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Not some gifts, not most gifts, but every good and perfect gift comes from above. This morning we sang, one of the songs that we sang was just speaking of who Jesus is as our helper, our healer. Um, The psalmist in Psalm 54 verse 4 stated it about who he was and what He has been for us. That He is our helper. He is our sustainer. That is a good gift from Him to you and me. Just about who He is and the characteristics or the attributes of who He is. If there was ever a wonder from you, from me, if there was ever a question of how much you think God loves you, What expanse would He go to bring you back to Him? All you have to do, all I have to do is look at the cross. Every good and perfect gift, His gift was good and His gift was perfect, meaning that it was exactly what you and I needed when you and I needed it. He has provided it. You ultimately needed a Savior and He Saved. He saved in such a way that He was willing to come and pay the price for you, to pay for your sin, to pay for your selfishness, and to pay the price to get you out of death. And what it cost Him was Him dying. He is now at the Father's side making a case for you. At this very moment, He is advocating for you. And He's advocating for me. John writes it this way in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let me read those verses for us one more time and I will bring our sermon to a close. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Every good gift and every perfect gift has been given to you from our Father. The best gift that He ever gave us was His Son. And that Son came and lived a perfect life because you couldn't. And that Son died a death that you deserved to take your place. And that Son stayed in a grave three days and then rose so that you too and I might live. And that Son is now our lawyer. He's a different type of lawyer, though. He's not the type of lawyer that uh, you and I hear commercials about. You know, the type of lawyer that uh, states in those commercials, hey, one call, that's all. And then shows you multiple individuals that got off or got settlements and they didn't have to go have their day in court because they were just trying to get a buck or two or ten million. He's not that type of lawyer. He's not even the type of lawyer that finds themselves in the courtroom looking up at the judge. That's not our lawyer. No, our lawyer is seated right beside the judge. And every time that there is an individual, your name or my name or any other individual that knows him as Savior and Lord and it comes up and our accuser is there and that accuser is a great accuser. He is Satan himself and he is standing in front of the judge and he is accusing me. He's accusing you of all the things that you and I have done to the judge. Judge, you, you can't let this guy named Brian in. There, there's no way. Do you understand what he's done? Do you know all the thoughts that he's had, all the words and all the, the, the terrible facial expression after facial expression and action after action that he has ever committed? Do you not know all those? And my judge is standing there and he is looking like this. And my advocate, and your advocate, when your name comes up, says this, Father, that's true. But don't look at Brian. Don't look at Brian. Look at me. Look at my hands and where they were pierced, they were because of Brian's attitudes. And look at my feet where they were pierced, they were because of Brian's actions. And look at my side where it had a spear go through it and I bled was because of all of the things that Brian has ever done. Don't, don't look at Brian. Look at me. That's the advocate. And that's the lawyer that you have and that I have that is before the judge every moment of every day. Pastor, author, Michael Catt stated it this way, our advocate in heaven doesn't plead our innocence, but he acknowledges our guilt and he presents himself as the grounds for acquittal. So every time that the accuser accuses you of something that you have done, you have an advocate. And that advocate is stating, Father, don't look at him. Look at me. I'm here on his behalf, and you have already forgiven what he's done because of me. How much does the Father love you? 
He loves you so much that he gave his very best. Good and perfect gift for you. Are you tempted? Yes. Often, daily. Would you please recognize whether you are a teenager or an adult or anywhere in between, would you please recognize at this moment the end of that temptation equals death? And don't be enticed by it. I know it's Captain Obvious in this statement. Temptations tempt. Temptations are different for you than they are for me, and they're different for me than they are for you. Your temptation may tempt me, and my temptation may tempt you, but I know that my temptation tempts me, and your temptation tempts you. And they are only there to lure you to go down a road that you would not travel if you were sane at that moment. And they are only there to entice you and trap you, to make you stay somewhere that only brings death. Sir, don't go down that road. Understand, yes, there are trials, and yes, there is life, and yes, it will be hard, and there will be temptations. But as a son and a daughter of the king, they don't rule you. There are no chains that tie you to that sin. Because Jesus has broken those chains for you. So that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. Father, it is... um, On one level, it's easy to stand and proclaim this. Because it's right there. It is black and white on that page. The text is so easy to understand what you have done and what you are calling me and us to do and not do. Father, at the same moment, When I think about this past week, I think about the past few months, I think about the past 46 years of life, how easy I have been lured and enticed and just willing to go down that road and stay down that road. God, thank you. For loving me, Jesus, thank you for standing on my behalf. For paying the price for us. Jesus, we didn't deserve it. We never will. I'm so thankful. So thankful for all that you have done. And the gift that you gave me, you have given us. Who know you as our Savior. Through your death, burial, and resurrection, you have given us life. Father, as we come this morning, would you um, continue to work in our hearts? God, draw us back. You leave the 99 for the one that is enticed, lost, lured away. 
Thank you for that. And Father, if that's us in the room at the moment, any of us in the room, Father, would you show us how much you love us and that you're searching for us and want us to know you afresh and anew. Want us to know you for a first time. Sir, ma'am, the invitation, the response song that we are about to sing is for you. It's for all of us that we would come back to Him. That we would hear Him and we would turn away from sin, temptation, death. and See that He has given us life. If you don't know Him, I'd love to introduce Him to you. If you do know Him, spend some time with Him. Seek His face as we stand and as we sing. Just join in. Jesus paid it all. all.